Wessex LMCs supporting you and your practice. So my name is Louise Greenwood and I'm Director of Education Training at Wessex LMCs and I'm delighted we've got um, Dr Laura Edwards, our Joint CEO, and Dr Will Howard, one of our Medical Directors with us today. Um, so I'm just going to hand you straight over to Laura and Will and they're going to take you through the topic which is very hot at the moment of shared care. So I think Laura you're going to lead the way. Thank you very much. So shared care is um, a really important aspect of care that we are hearing from practices is causing increased tension and pressure at the moment. Um, and again, this is because uh, we've seen particularly a, a couple of um, areas of medication whereby uh, this is causing pressure points specifically. Um, but in general, we are seeing shared care medications increase and we're also seeing increased focus from CQC, which we will come back to in, in a bit. Um, so just to recap, because I think it's one of these things, it's been there for a while, the numbers have all been quite manageable and so people have just sort of, it's been one of those things that has rolled on. But because the pressure is mounting, then people are looking at this a little bit more carefully and um, and again, people are standing there now and saying, what are the rules about this? Like, what do I have to do? What don't I have to do? What what are the rules of play? What does the other side have to do? And um, and, and feeling like they're just operating slightly in a, a confused place. So we have produced some guidance around this, which encompasses everything. So as I said earlier, there's been some pressure points we've seen, particularly, for example, around ADHD, um, that uh, people are feeling uncertain. So we've actually gone broad and gone back to the basic principles on this, which then allows you to apply those principles to any medications um, now or in the future where there might be uh, pressure or, or confusion or uncertainty about it. So going right back to the beginning on this, in our guidance, we have stated what shared care is. So shared care is a term used within the NHS to describe a situation where the specialist doctor wishes to pass over some part of the responsibility, some part of the patient's care. So that might be the prescribing and or the monitoring that is passed over. It's something that be, can be requested by them, um, but it, it, an, it says this everywhere, it can only be done if the GP agrees. Okay, that is really fundamental to remember. This is voluntary and it's also not part of the GMS contract. Okay, it's definitely viewed as above and beyond the GMS contract. So I think some of that has gotten forgotten and also even though it said it in the first two words, shared care, shared means that you have to take part with somebody else. And again, what we're seeing is that perhaps specialists are deploying. Uh, and Laura's just talking about the reality of needing to have um, agreement of the GP. And we just want to highlight that as one of the key parts of that message um, is that when you assess any request from a specialist to accept shared care, the GP or the practice as an organisation needs to be able to actively accept that care. Isn't that right, Laura? Yeah, so I think how that is done without it becoming a clunky process is, again, open to agreement. Um, but I think there needs to be that realisation by the other organisation that it isn't just a fait accompli. You cannot just take it as granted that when they write and say, I'm handing over, 
that, that that's a direct instruction. Now, it, it isn't a command and control approach, this. This is collaborative working, and there has to be a mechanism that is straightforward and accessible for the GP or the practice to decline taking on that responsibility. And again, I think in the current climate, just kind of culture over time has meant that perhaps other providers involved in shared care have forgotten that there is an option to say no and that it is perfectly reasonable for a GP and or their implied practice to decline um, that offer of taking the responsibility. So I think that's really, really important. As I said, it's got lost recently. Um, and uh, just remembering this is not part of your core contract. So again, if you are drowning in workload, this may be an area that you choose to revisit and think, do we actually have capacity to take this on? It's an optional thing that we are taking on at this point. Do we have capacity to do it in addition to what we're doing in our, we need to do for our core contract? So um, shared care, again, makes it sound really simple. Again, we as an LMC have been pushing out there in, in conversations around locally commissioned services that we've seen to remind those that are commissioning this that shared care isn't just one thing. It's not one process. So under some LCSs, they're putting up to 27 different medications, each of which requires a different process, a different approach, has a different set of side effects and potentially different monitoring there. So again, that realisation needs to be on both sides, that it's not just one thing with one process. There are lots and lots of variations that need to be there, individualities that need to be underneath that umbrella. And then there's this concept which I'd like to kind of bring out, which is about blind compassion. The actual person who coined it kind of made it a bit harsher. They used, they used a, a, a more unpleasant word, but it comes from a Buddhist um, angle. And they talk about blind compassion, which is where you feel pressured to take an action that feels like the right thing at the time, but in actual fact causes more difficulties later on because you haven't made a more difficult choice. And I do wonder if, again, because of the system that we're in, what we're seeing is the system putting pressure onto GPs and patients do this as well for all very understandable reasons, saying, please prescribe this for me, please take over this care. And, and we feel we're under pressure to do it, even though actually we're over capacity, we're actually over safe limits. And when we take it on, we can't do it properly or safely. But we are giving out the drug and so the patient is happy, but they don't potentially realise that it is um, it, it's working in an unsafe way. And so ultimately, if something went wrong, then actually more harm would be done than if we had said no at the beginning and asked the, um, the system to pick this up or asked responsibility to remain with the specialist provider. Provider. And again, this is system pressures saying we haven't got any capacity, no one's got any capacity, please, 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 you do it. Um, and then the problem goes away, but it doesn't really go away. So again, we're asking you to make a considered decision around this. In our guidance, we've covered all the different scenarios. So again, it's a very complex um a very complex area and field that we're now working in. We don't just have our local NHS provider and our local NHS consultants uh, in each speciality to deal with, because again, this covers a number of specialities, but we also have interactions with private providers, with other NHS providers who might be outside of our area. Um, and uh, we've also got right to choose um, where they've got, uh, they are an independent business, a private provider, but they've got an NHS contract somewhere else. And again, patients understandably 
are getting tempted, they hear about this, they're picking that, but actually the interaction that we need to have with them and that interdependency can feel much more complex and uncertain. So we've put on our website a page, which we will share in the chat, we've put all the different kind of options and alternatives that might be there that you will be asked to sign up to shared care in uh, the circumstances and that you can work through and again be aware of the principles under which you are making that decision and then our other piece of advice is that we really want practice to think about taking this pressured decision because it is a pressured decision away from a single clinician single patient interaction and actually making this a practice level decision because in all honesty it needs to be that the practice has safe systems and processes in place and that the practice has capacity and expertise in order to provide um, this service so if for example you have one doctor who is an absolute specialist in this and they're happy doing all of this what happens from a resilience perspective if for some reason that doctor isn't available either they're on hol holiday briefly and something goes wrong with one of the tests or more you know more seriously what if they end up going on prolonged sick leave or they leave the practice for whatever reason um what would you do because actually you've taken on some stuff you need to have the whole practice to be able to do this and not depend on just one individual otherwise you know, you could find yourselves in difficulty. So we think this should be a practice level decision. And again, it takes the pressure and responsibility away from one clinician making this with one potentially very stressed patient in front of them. Um, but it also means that you're approaching this in a consistent and fair and equal way. So if you are challenged by a patient, why did your doctor do this? And my doctor who's in the same practice say a different answer then actually you've got a process that you're going through um, that allows you to say, this is the decision-making process that we went through. But it also allows you to take some time to reflect, to say, is it safe or not? Where are we at in terms of capacity at the moment? Can we take this on? And remembering that there is an option to say no. Now, some of you will be frantically typing, I expect, in the sidebar saying, but we've signed up to an LCS. How does that work? Um, because uh, we are being paid for this, so we are getting recognition for it. And this is particularly a live issue in Hampshire and Isle of Wight, where we've been involved uh, as, as an LMC in a, a negotiation of a new locally commissioned service around this. And we currently have anxieties, which we are literally live negotiating around at the moment. And our anxieties are that they've put all a whole wide range of medication in there, and everything that's under it, as the wording currently stands, you will need to say yes every time. And we as an MC think this is fundamentally wrong. We think that as with any other service, anywhere else in the health system, if it's not safe, there should be an option to say, we've hit our safety limit, it's not safe. And this currently doesn't allow that. So that is the main issue that we are pushing back on. And there is no ceiling on this either. So there is, again, we're seeing some areas like AHG as an example, where there's been a huge surge in awareness of it, of people wanting to get a diagnosis, and then understandably thinking they would like to try something to help, which is in the form of medication sometimes. And um, we are seeing a massive spike in that number. There is absolutely no ceiling in the LCS or, or a cap on the workload. And again, we have seen some providers locally also realising that the LCS is there and uh, therefore taking it as a kind of fait accompli again, that they can then transfer 
all of their patients that they have been monitoring and prescribing for across um, into primary care. And we do not think all of those things should get conflated. We think these should be separate conversations and we think that this should be you start where you're at and if there is an increase in the workload, uh, then that should be rediscussed and funding come with it. But also at any point, practices should be able to say we don't have the expertise to do that medication and or we don't have capacity to do it in our systems, processes and workforce at that point. So we've put this together um, uh, in terms of uh, a checklist that we think allows you to be safe on our website. Um, and we'd ask you to have a think about that. Um, and if you're currently signed up to the Hampshire Isle of Wight LCS, you need to have a read of it and decide whether you feel like it protects you enough. Um, and, uh, and, um, and we'd be happy to hear any questions on that, on all of shared care. Thanks, Laura. That's brilliant. I just wanted to highlight there's a query which we've kind of semi-answered in the question and answer bit there. Um, the expectation from our ICB seems to be that if we sign up and my PCN has not, that we will provide shared care on all the listed drugs. No option to continue to do those if the GP is comfortable uh, and say no to others. So um, we've kind of alluded to that. You certainly answered most of that. I think what what Laura's um, saying to make it you know really plain and simple, if you don't have the capacity or you don't have the competence for certain medications, then firstly, if you are not signed up to an LCS, then you should say no if you do not have those two things. If you are signed up to an LCS, and the Hampshire Isle of Wight one is a great example, um, it's important that the LCS has an option to allow GPs to say no. And that's the bit where uh, Laura and I and the rest of the team at the LMC are negotiating really hard on your behalf. We really feel that that is a red line in the sand, that any LCS that is uh, across any area should absolutely contain the ability for GPs to say no. And that's about safe capacity. We talk about safe working a lot now in general practice, and this should be no different in how we see this particular LCS, if that is what is happening in your area. Also looking across the other areas. So if we look at BSW and Dorset and also Northeast Hanson Farnham area that we cover, um, it's very clear that LCS is a going to become an increasingly live topic across those areas as ICBs start to look at how they can make, uh, form a more consistent approach from where they have previously existed CCGs. So um, we're learning a lot as an, uh, as an LMC um, and how we re have responded to the LCS has actually caused a pause in Hampshire Isle of Wight of the onset of that LCS. Equally, we do recognise that the LCS itself is bringing money into primary care. You know, it's an investment, which it should be in work that practices are doing. We don't want to lose that investment in primary care. So we need to form a pragmatic approach with our ICB and make sure we don't lose that investment because lots of practices are doing this work and doing it incredibly effectively and safely. So we want to make sure those practices do continue to receive and hopefully receive more income for the work, especially when the list of drugs is really quite long. And I think one of the risks here is, is if you make the list long and have in your LCS that you could add more drugs, as long as the ICB say it, you'll do more. Actually, we need practices um, to be able to say no to those extra drugs, especially if they don't have the competence or the capacity, as we mentioned earlier. So I hope that helps. And I think the reassurance bit there is, is we're still working hard on the I Hampshire Isle of Wight LCS. Yeah, and we're absolutely pushing for that it should be this whole concept of shares. Again, I think there needs to be, you know, real uh, clarity and accountability for both parties. 
So again, we feel like sensible approach to this is anything that is in shared care that is named by the ICB should have a shared care guideline with it that lays out the expectations of both sides. But there should also be a way, a mechanism of if either side isn't fulfilling their expectations and their roles or decides to play outside of the rules as I've had you know recently with a patient of mine they've just suggested something completely random that isn't in the shared care guidance and um, then there's a mechanism to say thank you very much but you, you you aren't doing your bit of the bargain so we we have we we are allowed to hand back and again I, I just don't think that that's really there and also, if there is a problem, again, it's shared care. And the whole idea is we're kind of taking the bit where it's just running and ticking over. That's the bit we should be doing. If there are bumps in the road, if there are changes, then actually that's where the specialist should come in. But we all need, it's about trust, which is always fundamental. It's trust that those specialists are there, that they will respond and that they will pick up that responsibility in a timely and safe way for our patients. And again, we're not convinced by some of the sort of things that we've been seeing that that is there so we again we're pushing the icb to say this is fundamental you can't bring in a, a, an lcs around interface working effectively when you haven't really talked to the other side yet and made them clear on what they should be doing and hold them accountable for what they need to be doing for patients to be safe i think the last point i want to say is there has been kind of a um, an impression and i think it may have come from the faqs that there would be a sentence in the lcs about uh, clinical confidence and competence around prescribing the latest copy that we've seen of the lcs does not have that in from the icb it was something i think that was banded around but it isn't in there correct me if i'm wrong will on that but we've had a look through and it isn't there there was something that was mooted but it hasn't gone in in the writing and therefore if it isn't in there it's not in the contract. So um, anyone who feels like that's where they're signing up for and they feel we are assured by that, as it currently stands, you shouldn't be. So um, again, we're, we're lobbying hard on that because we think that is absolutely essential to be in there as a safeguard. Uh, so we will push for that. But again, if you would like to back us up that you think that should be there, um, then please contact your local team and, and express your concern because the more the ICB team are here that the concern and it's not just Will and I coming up with the concern, but actually practices coming up with these concerns, then that really helps us in our negotiations. Um, so, and again, private providers, we cover that there, which is can be really difficult um, uh, in terms of, you know, patient expectation. If you refer to a private provider or a right to choose, um, and again, this comes up particularly for ADHD, but it may come up for others. Do you, are you just getting a diagnosis from that organisation or will they prescribe for you? Um, and uh, if it's just the, the, the former, just getting a diagnosis, patient expectation needs to be managed that you cannot share if there isn't anyone to share with. This is a shared care medication. You can't share if there isn't another organization to share with because a lot of these private providers will step out at that point um, and again if you if you get a request from a private provider again there needs to be a conversation with the patient and understanding that it's documented that what happens if that organization ceases to exist which we have seen that they fold um, or what happens if the patient doesn't have the funds sadly to continue um, the, the care with that private organization again you won't have anyone to share with you will be operating potentially um, ultra-virus outside of your competence and confidence um, and that scenario needs to be discussed and it is fine at that point to stop the medication you need to have that agreement um, that that is the consequence of what would happen in that scenario you would therefore if they felt the need was there your duty would be to refer and see NHS services and that's your duties if they need that specialist help um, and assessment then you you refer 
things like the waiting times are, are not under our control. It's not our fault. Again, it, the patient will not necessarily be happy with that, but um, we are the messenger in that. It's not our actual under our control, those waiting times, um, frustrating as they are. Yeah, one of the things that I'm I'm very aware of is that sometimes we are we are in the firing line for the ire of patients in decisions like that, and I think it's very important, therefore, that if you organisationally have a policy, then you can stand next to that policy and say, listen, this is something that we, as a group of either a group of GPs and, and our partners or um, even a, a wider level at a PCN are able to stand next to that policy and say, this is something that every GP has signed up to. And in my experience, one of the issues that we have had with shared care and perhaps a relative lack of understanding of the consequences of taking on shared care in general practice is, is that one GP in one room will say yes and another GP in another room will say, oh, no, I don't know about that. And that then can cause problems for the practice. Now, that's historical. I think it is important now we're trying to highlight the consequences of taking on shared care that any practice or even PCN, should you feel that that's something you can take on as a PCN, is able to form a policy. That will actually improve your feedback to organisations like CQC and it'll help you respond to any complaints or issues that you might have should patients choose to complain. Um, and it's certainly something that ICBs would want you to have when it comes to their quality teams and looking at the way in which you are sharing care safely. Yeah, I think that's really key, Will. So just really highlight CQC. This is something they are enjoying because they can look at this remotely in their own time, out of time pressure. They can, you know, they get remote access to your systems before they come. This is beautiful in terms of it's very searchable. They can identify these patients. They can look on the records and they look for the processes. Um, and we are seeing this, uh, you know, consistently from them. So this is you know they've publicized it again on their website that these are the searches they're doing um so this is a real area of focus for them so again you need to be clear that you can control the workload you have sufficient capacity competence confidence and the right things in place that you can do this otherwise you are going to pay consequences as an organization under cqc so there's one more comment that I think it's worth us highlighting here. It, it feels as if the ICB are relying on the squeeze on practice finances to force us to sign up. We absolutely recognise that. We really do. And um, it, we recognise the financial pressure that practices are under. We, we fully support um, that we understand that practices are under this financial pressure. And we really very much like to highlight that. We are really working so that this money and any investment in LCSs, especially in Hampshire Isle of Wight as it's life, is not lost to primary care, but that some of the framework around which those payments can be reached are made safer for primary care. So put a better primary care safety focus into the enhanced service. Um, we don't want practices to not be able to sign up, but it does need to be safe and it does need to be in, in, within a clinician's competence. And, and I think safety is something that is very difficult for any organisation, especially an ICB, to argue against. And, and we will continue, as Laura said, to lobby the ICB to try and improve the LCS as it stands. And as Laura says, that is very live for us at the moment. Yeah. And the resource needs to match. So again, some resource is great, but it does need to be resource that matches the work. So you, again, you need to make a decision as a practice, do the numbers stack up for you? Um, and when wouldn't they? So again, if numbers do increase, at what point would you say, actually, given that there's no commensurate increase in funding, it is 
per pop, per patient that you're getting this funding, then um, what 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 number would mean that it changes? Um, and secondly, just to say, some practices have not cho- have not signed up. So again, I don't think the ICB have necessarily shared that, but there are a number of practices spread out across the Hampshire and Isle of Wight area um, that have not signed up at this point. Um, so there is, again, within this shared care, there is the option to say no. It may not be presented in that way, um, but there is the option to say no. And it's always difficult to turn down funding coming into your practice. But if a service costs you £300 to put on, I'm making up a number, and they give you £100, then it doesn't make sense to do it. Um, so you need to make that considered decision around it. Or if there's a factor that we have described that makes you feel unhappy, and if we could change it, like there being a cap on it and the ability to say no, then feed that back. Because again, that, that adds um, weight to our negotiating position to be able to get those things in place that then makes you feel safe and you can sign up in the safe knowledge that these these measures and safeguards are in place for you. That has been so useful. Thank you so much, Laura, and thank you, Will. And so really from that conversation, as I say, we're going to chop this into a podcast by itself so people can use this as to stimulate this discussion within their practice. So you would suggest if the conversation hadn't had, haven't been had or haven't been resolved, have the conversations in your practice. Look at our um, look at the link um, to, on our website. And there is a really helpful little checklist there to, to, to help you form a policy. Um, so that's what we're really asking people to do, isn't it, from, from this session today is just to go back, have a think, form a policy. And I think that we I think you mentioned the word consistency, Will. I think that is going to be very, very helpful. And um, yeah, we don't want any backlash from patients. But if everybody's having the same uh, message, that's going to be very, very helpful. Um, and a PCNY too. So thank you so much, Will and Laura. You're very welcome to stay for the whole session or if you need to go, we do understand. So thank you particularly to Laura, who's got particularly trying circumstances today, but it's been fantastic you joining us. Thank you. Very welcome. Thank you. Wessex LMCs, supporting you and your practice.